Welcome to the Writers Showcase Podcast. My name is Phil Nasons, and I'm the host of this weekly radio program exclusively on Max Sports Channels. And today we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to take a little diversion from what we usually do around here, which is interview authors and let them promote their books. We're kind of branching out on this show. Um, several people told me it's time to run this show like a radio show. It's time to let people see that these authors, while they're serious, they can also have a good time. And joining me today is my friend. And I tell you, I made friends with this guy in five minutes. It was really strange because it usually takes me longer. But as soon as I just started talking with him a few months back, that was it for me. I said, this is a guy I can count on. He's a good guy. He's from True North, a Writers and Publishers Cooperative. He is the author of the amazing book, Skater in a Strange Land. Please welcome my friend David Froenfelder to the Writer Showcase podcast. David, how are you, man? I'm doing great, Phil, and hope you are too. I, I am doing great. You know, this is my third show of the day, and it's uh, so I'm stumbling a little, but uh, and I was up all night doing my media kit, and I had to play tennis today. But I'm doing fantastic, man. I've been looking forward to having you on this show all day long. So thank you for helping me finish my day strong. You're welcome. What about this? Now, what's going on in Borschland before we get started? Yeah, I, uh, I am working on the second uh, novel in that series. Uh, and I'm having a great time with it. I'm hoping to, to get it out in December of this year. It's called The Skater and the Saint. And it is uh, a story of um, the same hero, ice skater, uh, hockey player, Sherm Reinhardt, who was, uh, it's five years down the line, and he's married and has kids. So he's in a different phase of his life, but it's an adventure. And uh, I, it's got some really fun, fantastic fantasy things in it, as well as ice hockey and romance, hopefully chock full of, of good stuff for, for readers who like Skater in a Strange Land. Well, I'm definitely one of those people who like that book, as you know. I can't wait for it to come out. And when it does, you come on the show, right? We're going to have a talk about this. Yes, sir. I'd love to. Ah, it'd be fantastic. Now, you're with True Writers or True North Writers and Publishers Cooperative. Now, what is that exactly? Now, I know all three of you guys that are mm -hmm. in this group. What is it exactly? Well, it's it's a funny thing. It's It's... I think it is something of a new thing in publishing just generally because uh, there's bunches of writers out there who have writers groups who sort of help each other. They, they read each other's stuff. They critique each other's stuff. They come together uh, and sort of uh, do, their, do their own thing together. And, but they are separate in terms of when they when they publish, uh, they submit to agents or publishers, or they do it on their own uh, independently. Uh, but we're a little bit different. It's kind of like a rock group that that has three solo acts because we've come together as a cooperative, not only to do all the stuff that writers groups do, but to help each other shepherd our books all the way to publication and beyond. We are sort of committed to each other uh, in everything that we're doing as as writers and publishers because we're we are uh, independent publishers. We we haven't been um, published by New York mainstream uh, um, publishers, 
maybe someday we will be, uh, we'll see, but you know, we're our own publishing company. Each one of us are our own publishing company because we're, we're authors who, who are independent. So we came together to, as a cooperative to, to help each other in every phase from writing, editing, uh, and marketing and promotion. And so uh, I'm really happy about that because it's really hard to be out there on your own as an author and having to do everything yourself. And of course, to get a, a traditional contract can be very difficult. And the publishing terms, uh, they don't, you don't necessarily get a whole bunch of money out of that or good rights either. So that's kind of hazardous sometimes to do that. So we think this is, in a way, a happy medium. Uh, you're not on your own. Uh, you're not with a traditional company that is going to do things for you. Uh, but at the same time, you've got some good uh, friends who are accomplished writers know a lot about the business and we're coming together and sort of joining forces the same way that you know maybe a bunch of farmers would get together and put all their crops together and sell it for a better price at at a uh, at a market or, or an auction something like that so but it's new uh, you know it's it's when I describe it to people it isn't something that um, people have seen a lot before so it's kind of the brave new world Yes, it is. Now, when you say we, it's obviously not just you. Who, right. Can you tell us who the other authors are in this group? Sure. Uh, we have Bob Mustin, who is a really good friend of mine, uh, who writes thrillers. Uh, he sort of he likes Cormac McCarthy. He also does some really good literary uh, fiction. He wrote a novella called The Blue Bicycle. It's just really nicely written. And then we have Lynn Fairchild Hawks, who is a, a great, um, she writes what she calls YA fiction for adults, young adult fiction for adults. So it's about teenagers, and, but it, it crosses to, you know, teenagers can read it, but also adults too. Uh, she's just an excellent writer with a, a lot of awards to her credit. Uh, and those are the two folks that are with me right now. And we actually met in uh, 2003 at a writers in residence program and just kept in touch and um you know so uh, you know uh, we had we were the like of the folks that were at that writers in residence program we sort of uh, were the ones that kept in touch the most and now we're doing this yep and the other thing that they have in common is all three of them have appeared on my show that's exactly right. We are very grateful to you for that. Oh, it's my pleasure. I'm, I'm the one that should be grateful. Lynn didn't make the Phil Nason show, but I wish she would have because I had a heck of a lot of fun with her. And Bob Mustin, oh, I know all about the Blue Bicycle. Yeah. But my favorite one is, um, oh, the uh, murder mystery. What is it? Oh, gee whiz. Um, a Reason oh, to Tremble? Yes, A Reason to Tremble. I love mm -hmm. that book. I that book had me. I read that thing in one day, and I had a headache afterwards because I was reading it on my uh, computer screen. Right, and it right. was and it was worth it. I got to tell you, it was worth it. And then your book, Skater in a Strange Land, I did the same thing with that book, and that was fantastic too. You guys are good writers. Is that something that um, you guys work together on? Because I'm a part of a writers group. And uh, we don't talk much about writing, but they do talk a lot about promotion and marketing. I've learned an awful lot. And these yeah. people are really nice people, too. 
But mm-hmm. what is what is your group that you say it's different and it's new? What about mm-hmm. it makes it different and new? Well, um, I don't think that there's a whole bunch of writers groups out there that are committed to going from idea for a book all the way to promotion and afterlife of the book, which is what we are committed to doing. And it's like a publishing company, but we're not incorporated. You know, we're we're not, you know, sort of pooling resources, um, you know, in, in one corporation or something like that. We're we're we are on our own, but we're working together from beginning of the book all the way beyond. And I don't I don't know of any of anybody else that does that, you know, because as as an independent author, you are responsible for writing your stuff, getting it edited, getting the cover done. Um, deciding where you want to sell it, whether it's Amazon or somebody somewhere else, getting readings, getting your books into bookstores, and then uh, dealing with social media, Twitter, uh, Facebook, Goodreads, all that stuff. It's a lot of work. And, and I mean, I like it. I have a day job too. So I don't, I can't put all the time that I want to in it, but Lynn and Bob helped me to um, cover more of those bases. And, you know, I, I do more social media and, uh, you know, Lynn is doing bookstores. Uh, so, you know, we sort of divide up the work a little bit. And Bob is kind of an old hand is handing out information after information about this stuff. Uh, so uh, I've learned a huge amount from them. And I think that, that my book is better because of that. And I personally am kind of a quiet author, writer who likes to be in his study sort of very quietly. I would never go out and, you know, promote my book. I just, that's not my type of thing to do, but they get me to, they kind of push me out and give me the information and they're counting on me uh, to help them too. So it's a, it's a mutual thing. And uh, it's, I think it's better. It's better than being with a mainstream publishing company uh, because you're, you're with, with the roots, you're with your buds, you know, and there's no better feeling than that. I know all about that independent, do everything yourself routine because that's what I do, right? And, and it's not easy. And this writers group that I'm a part of, they are fantastic because they realize that you know while I'm not a writer, I'm still mm-hmm. creating stuff new every day that goes out in the public that day without an editor most of the time, as you know. But right. uh, they promote my show like crazy, really do. That's great. And it's awesome. I, I that's it, you know, and. But you guys, wait, what? You, should, pardon me. Maybe we should meet up with those guys. We could join forces. Uh, that's what I, my hope is for you guys, because these gals are incredible marketers, man. They they call it pimping. That's what they say. They're oh, pimping, yeah. and they just have a day. Twitter, everything. They're fantastic. And like I said, man, I couldn't do my show. My show has expanded quite a bit because mm-hmm. of them. And I have to be honest, that it really is because they're out there promoting my stuff every day, and I'm just grateful. But now your uh, group, you guys actually – now Lynn said something last week on the show about that you guys give each other writing assignments. So this is not just a um, social thing. This is a serious, like, classroom-type stuff, right? Yeah, it can it can be. I don't know. We don't do it that a whole bunch, but, but absolutely. Um, we challenge each other – to uh, get better as writers. That's kind of part of our mission statement. Um, 
you know, as we're, we're committed to each other in a much more um, a deeper way than than just a writer's group would. And uh, when when she comes upon something, she feels like we would benefit from doing exercises. She absolutely uh, uh, gives those to us. And she she actually was an English teacher and has been an English teacher in her past. And she writes a blog about um, writing, about getting better as a writer. So she sends those along to us. And um, I think we, we get better because uh, she's there with us. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I do think you're right. Now, you know, we talk about where we were just getting to about marketing and promotion, being mm-hmm. independent. That normally means you have a day job. Yep. I know I do. And I'll tell you what, some, that gets in the way sometimes. I mean, today, for example, I was 20 minutes late for everything because right. my day job got in the way. But yep. fortunately, the people who work with me on Saturday understand that. And it never happened before, but whatever. How difficult do you find it to market your book? Because your book should be published by HarperCollins or somebody. I mean, your book is fantastic. And I'm not trying to blow smoke up your backside or anything. Uh, You would never never have made my show if it wasn't. And you made the big show. Yeah. How hard is it to market and promote? And how do you get opportunities to do so? I mean, when you're independent. Yeah, and and I would say that um, if you're going to be an independent author, you need to have patience. You can't if if some if your book doesn't sell in the first six months or whatever, you can't you can't sort of say oh I failed, you know. And um, I, I'm kind of a a follower of Dean Wesley Smith, who is a big independent publishing guy, uh, sold a bunch of books on his own. And he writes a blog about uh, independent publishing and marketing. And, you know, his his attitude is if you're going to do it, you're in for the long haul. So that's the first principle is that, you know, you don't, you sell 10 books in the first six months. If you believe in your book, you need to keep on going. And it's it's not necessarily a matter of of just flooding every everybody with uh, with messages to buy your book. But. The, sort of the second thing that I think is the most important is to have as have as much product out there as possible. Bob gets on me about this because Bob is a big quality guy, as you know. He writes great books, and he says, you know, you shouldn't just rush your books to market just so that you can have more books to sell. But it is a principle that does work and is important that the more books you have, the more you'll sell. Because if somebody likes your first book, they will buy your second book. If they like your second, they'll they'll buy your third, and so there you've got a multiplier effect um, that comes from um, the fact that your book is good. And you know, you've said a couple of times, Phil, that you can't wait for my second book to come out, and I can't wait for it to come out either because I really feel as if I'm going to get double the sales once once I get that second book because I I believe in the goodness of the first book. So I think the second book will also do well too. So um, that's sort of the that's so that it's a long it's a long term philosophy that you know once you get two three four five books short stories things like that out there then that's when it starts to roll on its own. And a lot of people think, well, what's the what's the secret? Goodreads uh, should be you know you have an author page on Goodreads. Should you be bombing your Facebook friends all the time? 
should you have a thousand Twitter followers? I think all of these things can be good. Uh, should you have local readings? You know, should you have a nationwide book tour? Um, should you pay um, advertising to Facebook uh, for your book and things like this? And I think all those things can be good, but I think that when you're just starting out, um, you know, there is a million books out there and who wants to read your book? And so, you know, not given any, you know, huge platform like a traditional publisher does, you do what you can, you develop the, the, um, the areas that you can, and you write, 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 write the best books you can, pretty soon it's going to start rolling. That's, that's sort of the philosophy, my philosophy. And uh, I, think, I think Bob would say, yeah, we need to push social media and local stuff uh, a lot too. Um, but, you know, I'm more, I'm more of the long-term philosophy. That makes a lot of sense. You know, um, I've interviewed guys on my show that had over 100,000 Twitter followers. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you something. They didn't get, they didn't send any traffic my way. Uh, rarely <laughs> ever does that happen because people don't click links. It's, yeah. it's amazing, but they don't. Now you've seen my show page. Every sure. blog, when I put up a show, I have extensive notes, links, and what have you. Sure. And I have to because I'm promoting you. That's why you're there. You're making my show better by being there, but I in turn have to do what I want to do is promote you too. I mean, it's a reciprocal thing. Right. But people just don't click links. I do remember when your show, when you made the Phil Nason show, it was right after uh, hockey had just started. And mm -hmm. I saw that Amazon, I think it got clicked like four times. And I was like, all right, because <laughs> I like to see that. That's why you're there. And it was fantastic. But I don't find that a lot of my traffic comes from places because I'm in the same boat as you are, as you know. Yeah. I have to promote myself, too, and get out there as an independent guy. But uh, I don't see a whole lot coming from the social media. Maybe I'm just not doing it right. I don't know. Do you? How do you view social media as far as marketing? Because, like I just said, I'm not so sure it's that big a deal. Yeah, and I, I, I wish I had a magic bullet. A lot of people want it. The, and I think that 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 the problem is that if if you have a million people selling things via social media. There isn't going to be a winner every single time. You're, you're up against a big crush of, of other people. So that's just the first thing. Um, but the second thing is that the more time you can spend on social media, the more likely you are going to get, you know, just being on social media yourself personally, putting yourself out there as a personality. I think, you know, you have a great, fun, friendly personality uh, you're a, you're friendly to others and good to others. And if you you know spent say four to six hours a day on chat forums, you know, and things that are interesting to you, and and you you know were talking to people you didn't know, and you didn't even mention your your what you do. If you're a, a nice, friendly person, seem interested and helpful, then people probably would start to. You know, that's the theory. People start to ask you who you are, what's going on with you. 
And uh, the more you know, credibility you have as a friendly, good person that's just interested in, in, in being social, the more they become friendly to you. And then you're able to tell your story um, you know, once, once you, you develop that credibility. And um, this theory that I'm talking about comes from a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. Mm-hmm. Um, this big social media guy, uh, very important. Got he's got lots of stuff about social media on, and that's his his theory is is the more time you personally spend, if you're a good personality, outgoing person, the more time you spend on tr- chat forums or whatever social media in your um, area. Like for example, in hockey, I'm I'm on the Carolina Hurricanes. That's my team. Carolina Hurricanes Forum, and there's, you know, hundreds of people on that. Um, I, I don't have a lot of time for it because I'm, I'm work, I work hard and I write and things like that. So that's, that's the limitation. If you don't have a lot of time to spend on that, then um, that, that type of, of marketing um, doesn't, can't work for you. But I, I think that it's a good model. And if I had time, if I were a full-time writer, I would probably spend two to three hours just on chat forums every day to um, to talk to people and meet new people, you know, because I think my personality is a good personality, too, and I'm a helpful person. Um, so I'm not, you know, kind of an introvert in that way. So uh, if I were writing full-time, that's what I would do. Uh, and I think that it, it could get me some good results. That makes sense. You know, I appreciate the kind words, but I come off as a jerk on those forums sometimes. <laughs> and it's weird because, you know, what happens is I'll tell, you, I'll tell you a funny story. My co-host on my tennis show is named Craig Doyle. He comes on pretty much every week unless he's photo photographing or taking pictures somewhere. And anyway, we met. We got into a fight on a Facebook mm-hmm. thing. And mm-hmm. I said, who in the hell are you? You've never been in the business. Maybe you need to shut up. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and whatever we and we did just started talking privately. And then I invited him. I said, "Okay, big mouth, come on my show, and mm. you can tell me to my face." Mm. And you know what happened? We he got on the phone and we became we're, we're very good friends now because he goes, yeah. "Dude, you know what? Your writing is just so sharp." He goes, "You can tell me to f off on the phone, and I'll laugh." <laughs> he said, but well, that writing is crazy. But it, you're right, though. You have to get out there and you have to promote. And maybe I think that you're on to something there when you say, I'm not necessarily promoting my book, but okay. I'm promoting myself and letting that happen. And, and that kind of leads me into uh, the next thing I wanted to talk to you about is blogging. There are some who say they should blog, some who say they shouldn't. I know mm-hmm. for a fact, David, that the top three authors in terms of sales that have been on my shows over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. all of them were discovered or began their writing career blogging and continue to blog to this day, mm-hmm. including Ira Wagler, the guy who wrote Growing Up Amish. That's where Tyndale actually found him because people mm-hmm. were talking about the blog. Right. Now, I know that you blog also. Yeah. How important is blogging to you in your writing career? I, I would say that it is at it's up there. It's not the tip top thing that I think is important. I think number one is it's just the writing. You know, you've got to have 
what you love to do and, and the books that you can put out. That's, that's your number one. And blogging takes away from that because it, you know, it, it, it takes time to actually write. And, and if you're a, a, a writer of quality stuff, you don't want to just throw something up in 15 minutes and sort of say, that's my post for the day. So you may take longer on it and, and you get bogged down and, and it's not a, it's not a productive thing, but it's absolutely up there because for me, um, it, it helps me to get away from my primary writing and go into something, you know, and get my juices flowing, writing something else and writing something personal, you know, and sort of, of getting, getting some ideas out there. I could even, you know, talk about, I could even put in a, a little draft of something that I've been working on and say, you know, what do you guys think? That type of thing. So it can be very productive in terms of your, of your creativity. And a lot of times I just have ideas that I want to share and that's a place that I can, I can do it. I've never used a blog in, in a marketing sense, except that um, I'll, I post my blogs to Facebook and Twitter, you know, um, but in terms of a, of a marketing power play or something, I don't know that I have a lot of, of experience with, with, with how I would do that. And um, we're true North writers. We're, we're starting to, you know, uh, work on our, our analytics and what's going on with Facebook and, and I wrote a nice uh, blog post at my my blog, which is a, a Skater in a Strange Land blog, uh, breakfastwithpandora.com. And it was about um, a Vermeer painting, a Dutch painting uh, with a map on it behind it. And it was just a fun, you know, just a, I just love maps. And I make, I made a map of Borschland, obviously, you know, the world that I created. And and so it was just interesting to to write something completely different that sort of linked up with my book, but not much. And that was probably the most read blog post uh, that was linked from True North to our Facebook friends. And so, again, it was it kind of ties in with that idea of you're not promoting necessarily your book every time you're promoting yourself. And I would say that. You know, every time your Facebook friends hear, oh, buy my book, they're like, they go, they go beyond that. And they say, you know, that's so sweet, David's writing. Uh, it's wonderful, but they don't necessarily buy it. But if you, if you write a blog post that's interesting to you, uh, it may be interesting to them. And then, so they may start to follow you. And eventually that could lead to sales and telling friends and that type of thing. So that's sort of how I use blogs. And, and I do think it's important. I, my first blog which is called Breakfast with Pandora. I started in 2005 and it's still going and I'm not going to ever, I don't know when I'm going to stop that. I, I, I love that. love to have just that, that place to, uh, to say what I'd like to say. Yeah. You know, um, I really enjoy that, uh, blogging thing. You know, my thing has always been like this, David, if, uh, I'm going to go out and spend 20 bucks to buy your book, and what I'm going to do, I want to know who you are, especially if you're independent. And right. I find that reading people from reading their blogs helps me to get to know them a little bit, too, and, and what types they write. That's how I met Bob Mustin at Red Room, through the blogs. So right. I, I'm a big fan of blogging, I think, a big fan of it. Um, yeah. Now, how does True North Writers and the cooperative – now, do you guys have a website yet? Is there a blog attached? What goes on with that? 
We, we are at uh, truenorthwriters.com, all one word. Um, that's our, our website. But we, don't, we haven't you know, launched a, a, a big thing yet. It's, it's right now it's a Facebook page. And uh, so we're, we're sort of a little bit under the radar. We, we haven't um, sort of launched a big thing yet. But um, on our Facebook page, all three of us will post throughout the week um, uh, links to our blogs, tips, just links in general, and um, we sort of keep it going uh, in terms of, yeah, yeah here we are, and uh, this is who we are. Excellent. That website's truenorthwriters.com. It's available. Right. People can read it and come over. Now, you have three writers now. How yes. many others do you – are you planning on opening up the group, expanding? Perhaps a radio host that you know might want to join? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah well, well, I'm horrible with this radio thing because I just catch put you on the spot. <laughs> no. No, that's fine and, and because – we, we absolutely are thinking of expanding. We just want to make sure that it's the right fit for everybody. Because I, I was at a, a website a, maybe a month or two ago. I was looking around. Are there any other writers and, pub, writers and publishers cooperatives on the net? And I found a, a group of uh, people with a website. There's about 60 authors on that website. And the first page was the, all the covers of their books. And so they had kind of a joint website. But there was there was 60 people on that, and I I just had this wall of book covers, and you know how that is if you're you know you go online and let me get a book you know let me let me buy a book if you see 60 books on on one page you're like I I don't even know where to start, and so um, I think we have discussed expansion to you know half a dozen maybe a dozen uh, at the most, but every person that we add we want them to to be interested in our philosophy and to be committed to what we want to do. Um, we, as I said before, we go from idea for a book all the way to promotion. So you have to be committed to, to your, your heart and mind into the other folks in the group and spend a lot of time with that. But also our, the group is called true North and that's because we want to write true in everything we do. That means really good writing and it needs to be true to the heart. Good stories, you know, sort of um, not, I don't know how I define it other than, you know, really good stories that ring true to the reader. And um, I don't know there's a whole bunch out there that's like that. Um, I think a lot of people aspire to that. We do, and I hope we our books do that. Uh, but, you know, true north to us, and the north is, is North Carolina. That's sort of, that's our base. And, and that would be the, you know, I don't think that we are, you know, close to having people from other places come in. Uh, but that's sort of, um, you know, the, the motto is authentic writing for the new South. So we, we sort of have that, that feel there. And we also want to, uh, to have our stories ring true. All of our, all the members in the group were, um, students of a creative writing teacher and novelist named Doris Betts, who was a UNC University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill a t creative writing teacher. And, and we met her, all three of us, at a writers in residence program. And she was kind of a champion of that true story, ring true, good writing, you know, kind of philosophy. So we follow that. And 
if you know if you wanted to if anyone wanted to to join we'd want to say you know how do you feel about that and and what have you written and you know um and kind of say you know this is serious here folks type of thing so I guess we could go the route of the more the merrier and just let's put a bunch of books on our site and, and see where it goes. Cause everybody has friends and everybody can help everybody. Uh, so that's, that's one philosophy. But right now I think we're, we're, we're trying to sort of, you know, stay small, stay true um, and stay on the same page philosophically. That makes a lot of sense. That was very diplomatic, too. <laughs> I like that. I'm so horrible to people sometimes. But, uh, yeah, I think that you guys are off to a flying start because you're all good writers. And that's important. I would never be able to write. Well, maybe I would. I don't know. But you guys are fantastic. But, you know, the thing about these writers groups is that I think you said it best. You know, earlier in the show, you said uh, we don't rush to publish, right? I get sent so many books, man, and mm -hmm. I just I can tell right away usually, yeah, if they're lousy or not. You can tell by the car. You can't judge a book by its cover. Well, you can actually, yeah. And you can tell by how prompt these people are, how professional they are, um, this and that. And I'm not talking about having publicists and whatever, right? You can just tell everything's got to be organized and whatever if it's not then how can their book be is it possible to be like completely nuts and still be i mean you know what i mean be all over yeah. the place and still be able to write a book yeah and and that's the thing is in in, in our the new publishing model where you know any anybody can can write a write and publish a book and put it on amazon they amazon's happy to if you if you want to to give them some money for every sale that you make, they're very happy to do that. So they don't mind people who are not very good, you know, uh, getting up there. And the thing is that some some bad books do sell a lot of books because they they happen to strike a chord with people or they have the content that 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 people like, like Fifty Shades of Grey. I never I've never read that, but you know that's like millions and millions of books. And and you know my friends. My friends say, well, it's not very well written, you know, but uh, so it's stranger things happen in um, in publishing that you can hit a jackpot because uh, you you happened to, even though you weren't a good writer, you happened to to write a story that people like. And and that's I mean, that is a, a very important thing. I think readers like to read stories that are good stories. I personally think the best stories are the ones that are written the best um, and that's kind of a subtle thing it's a lot of you, we could talk a long time about that but um, it you know for us the quality is kind of a personal integrity type of thing we want to be true to, to what we like and what we want to be and so uh, if if I don't get six books out there this year and have start people rolling over on my books and selling thousands because I've got six books I'm fine with that because I want every book that I put out to be uh, something I'm proud of. Skater in a Strange Land, I told you in my interview, was the first book that I wrote where I said, this is right. And I didn't need an editor or an agent to say it was right before I decided to put it out. And so I didn't, 
I wasn't going to self-publish um, anything unless I thought it was right. And so Skater, I thought, was right. And so uh, I, I, I put it out. And um, I guess, you know, there it is. True North, um, true writing. Absolutely. I'll tell you what, Lynn Hawk's book, her book of short stories. Now, that's something that, you know, I, I'm interested in your thoughts about that. Because, not the yeah. book, because I'm sure you've read it and enjoyed it. But uh, how important is it to be able to write a short story to you? Because, you know, I think Stephen King, I said this last week, Stephen King mm. says if you can't write a short story, then you have no business writing a novel. That's I've never heard that. And and I'll tell you what, short stories scare me because that's the hardest fiction you write out there. And I've worked very hard uh, to to write good short stories. And I'm not I don't think I'm a very good short story writer. I do write them and I I aspire to write really good ones, but that's that's tough stuff uh, because you only have a certain amount of space in which to make your point or tell your story or and uh, you know there's only so many stories out there and it can be you know it can get st short stories can be really stale because oh I've heard this before I love Jack London he writes great short stories great plot oriented short stories from the early 20th century and I sort of try to model myself after him uh, but I think it's absolutely right that if you can write a good short story if you can manipulate your craft that well, it really bodes well for writing a novel. Now, I think there's probably a lot of people out there that do and can write novels, um, really good ones, without having to write good short stories, just because a novel is, uh, if you're a storyteller, um, you know, that's, it's good. And you, and you can, I think you can make it. Uh, I don't think anyone out there who is who is trying to write a novel should sort of stop and say, let me write a short story first and see if I can finish the novel. Um, I started writing novels when I was about eight years old, and I, I loved it from the beginning, and I think I'm a storyteller. And so even though I'm really scared by short stories and working very hard to get better at them, um, I think that a novel can be a, a different um, a different skill. And um, um, I, I hope that um, I wrote a good novel, even though my short stories aren't that terrific. Yeah, but your short stories are probably better than you think. <laughs> I mean, Maybe they well. are. I think they probably are. Anyway, great stuff today. Thank you so much for being a part of my show, man. Certainly. I had a blast. And you can find David Froenfelder at truenorthwriters.com. And you know what? Hopefully when they open up the, the group that you'll be able to uh, apply and get in it, you know, because I think these guys are fantastic. I happen to know all three of them a little bit, and I enjoy all of them and their work, and you will too. Thanks, David. Appreciate it, man. Thank you, Phil. All right. And that's going to wrap it up for today's, or this week's, I should say, the Writer Showcase podcast. Until next week, enjoy the reading. <laughs>